February 17th, 2023 was the debut. No, actually, February 16th was the advanced screening premiere of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. If you loved the Loki series, and if you are a fan of the Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp sequel, you're going to have a little eh on this one. Spoilers. Welcome back to Tales Two Bros, where I am clean shaven and Adan is like a hairy ape. Wow. Bro, you're getting a little thick there on the chin there. Uh, and I it's shaved out the sides too. Wow. Well, yeah, you look clean cut, but man, that gold tea is coming. Like you look like you're ready to be in a biker gang or biker movie. I've had it worse. I had it where it was like that. Oh, yes, you have. I agree. You had it worse. <laughs> so as mentioned. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania just premiered one day early for those who can see it, but nationwide, officially February 17th, by the time we review this, I have mixed feelings with this. Out of the trilogy of the Ant-Man movies, I mean, solo, I mean, of course he had Captain America, Civil War, and the Avenger films, spinoffs, whatever, but with Ant-Man alone, the three films, this felt very Marvel in comparison to the other The first movie was more of like a heist film, where the second one was more like a rescue film. Here, it just went right into it with special effects, the aliens, and a little more humor than before that we were used to with the previous Ant-Man films. What about you? What do you think? Do you agree in that aspect? I do agree in that aspect. It's more set to like the quote-unquote Marvel formula in that sense. Humor-wise, I I thought the humor was a little bit more drier than like in the other two films. The other two films, the side characters were way more humorous. Uh, Oh, and speaking about that, there are hardly any side characters in the sense of the Wombats, non-existent. Yeah, you you don't see the the usual side characters you would see. They try to introduce new ones. Which I, I kind of was okay, but they didn't have the same impact. No, not at all. Like I said, it, it felt very Ragnarok. I wouldn't or, go that far. Well, I'm just saying in the sense of like all these crazy creatures okay. in that aspect, right? Actually, I was thinking of Love and Thunder when you said that. So, you know, I, oh, I agree okay. with you with uh, Ragnarok. Yes. I, I did like the Amazonian, that chick. Dude, she's in Star Wars. Ha ha! I'm the first one to call out Star Wars reference before you. Which one? Earned it! Mandalorian. she? That's her from the WWE? No, 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 no. And she's not a WWE diva. She was on the Mandalorian ship. She was one of the little generals with the, you know, the pen badges. Was uh, she the part of the Empire? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She's been on a lot of other shows. It's like she was on Z Nation and stuff like that. When he said Mandalorian, because there is a one that's in the Mandalorian that's also from yeah, but that one, WWED, that but one that's, that's, played right. uh, a, a man, uh, another Mandalorian. I know Correct. who you're talking about. She was uh, one of the like on one of the ships. Uh, I think it was one of the ships that they probably the one the one with a guy from um, Botch that show on um, Amazon Prime. I'm saying it wrong, probably. She was a uh, she's uh, Kitty M O'Brien. She was on uh, Gentora. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, she looked she looked great. I mean, I never saw before. I don't recognize her in the sense of that and having that big of a role. She did awesome. I thought she is in shape too. Oh, she is in mad shape. I told I was what we watched it. With, I watched it with Kim, and I was like, 
girl is jacked. I was like thinking to myself, she might be the most in shape female character we've seen to date on in a Marvel film. In actuality, yes, no CGI. Yeah, that I know of, because maybe they, I mean, they maybe they CGI the abs, but those look natural. Maybe exactly. You have all the regular players from before, in a sense of Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Then you have some new ones. You have Jonathan Majors playing Kang. Even though we've seen him before in Loki, he was actually doing. He was in production doing Ant Man first, and then got. Am I, if I'm, I'm wrong, am I wrong? Am I correct? No, that you're, you're doing correct. this right? They originally his... got him for Kang, uh, for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. The rumor goes that they saw how well of a job he was doing, that they decided like almost last minute to pull him and use him at, and make a character for the Loki show and then use him for that last scene. If you stay for the end credits, it really makes sense at that point. For me, I was more excited to see how they're going to tie it into the Loki series. Because we had like down our throats in the Loki series about variants, about the time, sh- uh, time variants. Is it time? No. Yeah. Uh, time variant. Is are you talking about, or- are you talking about the, when uh, it splits, when it splits the time. Cause yeah. they did everything exactly in the, in the sense of they had the, the same scheme of the, of the timelines. They had the circle, how it originally was. Before it gets mm-hmm. breaking, uh, broken, excuse me. And I was like, okay, great, great. Because that was, for me, I was like, my excitement for this movie was to see how they will connect to Loki yeah. in that aspect. I was also looking for Miss Minutes. Even though that's not his creation, uh, Kang's, it is He Who Shall Remain. Was That was his creation. I was just wondering if it will see a glimpse. Well, they, they, there was a fan, uh, they never confirmed it, but the fan rumor is that Miss Minutes is technically not he who remains that was like influenced by kang because she was she was acting weird at the end of the series and this is where kang gets weird because there's so many variations mm-hmm. so like the kang we saw was like our marvel comics version kang right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh but he who remains is technically kang too but they well, both were like wanting to do the same purpose they wanted to keep the Kang dynasty away from the MCU in two different ways. Well, I thought this Kang wants to conquer and destroy where he remains wants to conquer, but in uh, still allow people to do their thing in but, a way like he'll like he'll push buttons. He'll, he'll set, I guess people in a certain path, but it wasn't as violent because like Kang was more of a conqueror, a dictator. It was his way or the highway or death. Because you mm-hmm. saw how violent he was about it. He was almost in a way of a same mindset of Thanos in a sense of how to have order or to have control of population. They're the same coin, different sides. The He Who Remains was choosing, like, we'll police it so that there's mm-hmm. one timeline. Mm-hmm. Any other timeline that causes a variation will eliminate mm-hmm. it so that way mm-hmm. we don't have other kings you know and, and i he, like that he talked about the war right no, but- right I, the battle I, they they he refers to that again what how he remains talked about it in the sense of how that situation happened where a bunch of them got together even though it's different in a, how it's done here in the explanation than is done the way how he re- explained it in loki exactly well, where i'm, getting, I'm like, getting to that because i figured it out oh okay so oh, okay. He who remains said he won the war. 
and by uh, by eliminating all the other timelines, right? And then consolidating mm-hmm. it all to his timeline and any other variations, he eliminates it. They erase it. But when Loki finished, we see the Kang that we are witnessing in Ant-Man and Wasps. His statue is there. He was the one that I, got booted well, by the other dynasty Kangs because he was like, mm-hmm. he's like, they feared me. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't kill me. They couldn't, they could only imprison me. When they got a glimpse into his memories and his minds, she explained like, you're erasing timelines. You're eradicating. He was doing the same thing that he who remains did, but she was only mm-hmm. getting an idea. He was actually eliminating all the other timelines so that he could be the one who remains and become he who remains. Okay, but he was doing it a more violent way. Well, he was doing it one on one, his way by whatnot. Where the other one incorporated a um, a time absorbing beast. Your definition of violence to... is like two different things. Yeah, I couldn't help but think of Planet Hawk or Worldwide Hawk, where he said that because it was similar with that, where a bunch of people said he was too dangerous, Hawk that is, and put him in a ship, put him in certain coordinates. And sent him out into where he was. And this is how they deal with him in that sense where they, they put Kang in a ship and it, he ended up being in a quantum mania. I okay. saw the similarity in that aspect. I like that the scars, because in the comic book, it was just more of like how it was designed, but they were like scars. And it's not just him. Some other variants has it as well. Not some do not. Them, but some, yeah, exactly. I kind of like right. it. It's, a, it's, a nice, it, it's actually a pretty cool look. Jonathan Majors, you've seen him before in other shows. For me, it was the first time it was in Loki. He blew me away here, not so much, but still good enough. It was still like I see a difference. He didn't re- he didn't play the same person. He didn't play the same character. He clearly enveloped another persona altogether, which it should be in the sense of a multiple or, or a variant, if you will. And we mm-hmm. saw that in Loki with Loki's variants. There was, he had similar, the same. You know, he played multiple variations of himself as well. He had the female version. You have the older Loki. You have the young Loki. You have the uh, black Loki. The so Loki, Gator, Gator, Loki. But anyway, now I have to say I'm not, I wasn't impressed with Catherine Newton who played Casey Lang. I wasn't really impressed with her. She was all right to me. I was hoping they kept the same girl that was in Endgame. I was hoping there was there was really no need to get a new actress for this character. To me, it was I was I'm sorry her head shape. I was I know I'm being what do you call it? Uh, yes, superficial. Her head shape it was just like you know the wig was so obvious. I was like, uh, and then from Endgame there was no showing of her being highly intelligent. Granted, there was not that much scenes showing that to display that. But here she's like a, you know, like a super nerd and getting in trouble. And we didn't see that in any incarnation of Casey, I'm sorry, Cassie in any of the films. That's we didn't fair. see that. She's granted in the, in the comics. Yeah. She's high intelligence, smart and, you know, following her father's footsteps. I mean, they try to rationalize it by saying that what during the blip, she studied uh, Hank Pym's notes and journals. Of but, course, but not with the other one, uh, not with I, the other actor, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. And, you know, but the, you can also make the argument like just because I found me in sec- uh, like the, the, you know, Albert Einstein notes doesn't mean I'm going to be as smart as Albert Einstein. It doesn't mean I know what to read, but <laughs> it's just facts. I mean, you can drop a, span- a book of Spanish and I, it doesn't mean I speak Spanish. Now, well, um, we, we know that I don't even claim to be a strong suit at all near that. 
Um, trust me, I'm, I'm right with you. My surprise character, though. Oh, let me tell you. Okay, Modoc. Modoc. But no, not just who Modoc, because I knew he was coming, but who Modoc actually was. Darren. <laughs> that was, yes, Darren. I was like, that's an interesting hate. Yeah, it, which I thought I mean, was kind of cool. It was cool because it made sense because it tied in the first movie into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they brought it all together, but I'm sorry that face does not match the original actor. Well, I he, know he, I know he's very Humpty Dumpty with a big head, but at the same token, I mean, he looked like Cassie, Casey, like Casey. Excuse me, I keep saying her name wrong. Well, it was all CGI'd yeah. out. No, I understand, but like, how no Casey doesn't look like the original Casey, even the girl or the older version. She doesn't look like mm-hmm. her at all. This one does not look like him at all, even though it's the same actor playing you know doing the voice i was like okay and then you have a special appearance by bill murray which was awesome bill murray was great like i I always said this like a lot of comedic stars have something in like there's always something i don't want to say this about all of them a lot of them are very in touch with like their dark side or like dramatic stuff so like when when they first come in and like he gets serious Mm-hmm. The, the tire tone changed. Well, don't forget, like, you know, Bill Murray did a lot of serious films. He just not just yeah. do comedy films oh, all yeah. his career. He did a lot of major serious films. And, and he had a touch here with a balance of comedic and seriousness here. I was hoping to see like, more of him, though. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. So those are two, for me, the, the highlights of the show of the movie some um, of the funniest parts were with uh modok modok yeah exactly and we're like at the end when he's dying and he's like you, know, you, were, you were always like a brother to me hank and scott like what yeah <laughs> and then he puts a hand on the face he <laughs> <laughs> starts rubbing it's like oh my god that's, that's scary and she's, like, she's like just like you could, there's always t- uh, time to stop being a dick <laughs> but that was like overdone, like overkill. But I kept saying it, kept talking. They like, hey, Casey, I'm not a dick. Here's the funny thing about it. I got like that per- version of Modoc made it seem like uh, I was getting my two legit versions of Modoc, like the real suit. Ser- because there was times where he was like, I'm a genius. I was able to track uh, Cassie and then and like use that to bring you guys here and do mm-hmm. all this other stuff. That was his plan. Then there's the insecure weirded out mentally unstable modok which is what we got on the hulu series modok correct this one was like the the two like you said like he was suffering from bipolarism and, i guess yeah. yeah but you would think that he would be more angry or have more contempt on scott and on hank and even hope because of the portrayal that he had because he was very narcissistic Mm-hmm. Um, in the first film, and he, you know, he wanted to be all powerful, what have you, and then that was got shut down. So you would think we a little bit more from that, but it wasn't really. It's more that his he was more he was unstable. A, yeah, like well, more like an insecure boy trying to speak out, yeah, or speak up. But. Which he he kind of was insecure in the in the first movie. True. Yeah, he was trying to get his um, through Hank like a, his father's approval. Yeah, you know, using Hank as a as a father figure. He kept referring to himself as the prodigal son instead of Hank referring to him. 
So yeah, he definitely had like daddy issues uh, based on that. Is there a moment that you really like stood out? Oh, oh, oh action wise, a lot more action than the two combined, the first two combined. Absolutely. That's not, that's why to me it felt very Marvel because it was more, it was action driven before, like I said before, the other two were, were story driven with the action being added here was more about the action with story put in. Before I get to the better moments, I, I will say this. Even though it didn't really go into it as much, I think it's a better interpretation of Multiverse of Madness than Multiverse of Madness. Oh, yes. Far from it. I mean, um, far from it? Yeah. What? Far from it? <laughs> well, I, I know what you mean. Like, it's far from what the uh, what uh, Doctor Strange was. Yes, and, but in a in a better way. I thought the graphics were great. Uh, at least they held up way better than Doctor Strange in some areas. The the concept of possibilities and the multiverse was touched on like several times, and like mm-hmm. literally, that's what it is. It's the concept there. The only difference mm-hmm. is they kind of focused in the quantum zone. But like the the fact they were splitting, that's a whole the concept of multiverse is that like every probability happening and splits off and like your actions lead on to other actions. And I'm like, perfect. That's like what I want. But as far as great moments to bring it back to what you were talking about, I kinda liked uh so there I I did like what was his name? Jonathan Masters? Jonathan Majors. Majors. Wow. I had the J&M. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I like Jonathan Majors. I did like his portrayal of Kang. Because like Kang in the comics is not a guy who jokes around. He's not silly. He's very serious and to the point. And, mm-hmm. and depending on your storyline, he will be like, he's a man of his word. If he wants to be of his word. And, you know, he, he's, he has hurt and passion behind it. So, like, he'll stand by it if he feels like he needs to. So mm-hmm. I kind of like those moments that he was giving. But when he let out and he was about to fight and he decides to take on, like, literally the rebellion himself. Okay, this is why he's a conqueror. He, he didn't use, like, all his weapons. He just used his suit. He was, like, more like Darth Vader in the ro- at the end of Rogue One. Very much taking down all those uh, rebellions because that's where they were. There were rebels, so he was taking them down one by one or several, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Kang was. I also want to do a callback to his stormtroopers. I'm going to call them stormtroopers, but the weaponry was very close to Star Lords. Yes, it was actually very similar in design, at least. Yes, so I was like. Oh, I wonder if there's a tie-in to that or that. So I'm just wondering. Oh, before we go into even furthermore, how was your audience experience? So I, it was, it wasn't like seat filled, but it was pretty right. packed. But like I, I would like I had like two seats gap between like my right and my mm-hmm. left. So I like I had good spacing. You not that packed because it was multiple screens going on at the same time. You know, yeah. I'm IMAX was packed. I saw that on the thing. And for the time that we saw it, IMAX was not available. So we went to another screen. But here's what I hate about going to the movies. Because it, it just seems like we're a magnet for dickheads. Oh, because we booked, yeah, we booked, we booked it, what, last night, yesterday? Like, 
the time when to get it. Like we saw like where like it was pretty empty overall. Like yeah, we booked it where no one could sit next to us. You have assigned seating. Yes, assigned seating. We get there and a, a mother effer booked his seat next to Kim. I was like, what? Like, on an empty theater, why would you freaking sit with someone like shoulder to shoulder when there's no freaking need? He actually called in a uh, an usher. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I raised my voice like in an empty theater, you want to sit next to us. In an empty theater, you want to sit next to us. Really? And he was like, I'll, I'll sit over here. He's like, yeah, thank you. The rest of the row is empty. He wants to sit next to us. Uh, and that just irks me to hell. Like, I can understand. He doesn't like being alone. Maybe not. But the thing is, in an empty theater, why would you do that? It's not that packed. We had maybe 20 people in the, that theater. This might sound crass, but that's the kind of guy that, like, you may have, like, a whole row of urinals. And you're going oh yeah, he says he's right next and, to you, and he stands right next to you. I'm like, or like you, a, you have a, clearly put one urinal right. gap. That's common courtesy. Or like, uh, like you have three rows of treadmills, mm-hmm. and that one person sets up right next to you, even though there's like three other rows that are empty. That's why I don't like going to the theaters because people are so inconsiderate, and it, it, and there's always us. Like we'll either sit somewhere and Kim's getting kicked by someone in the next row, or they sit right next to us, or they're on their phone, or like pop up. You know, it's just like something or an, or another that is like we we're, we're just magnet to assholes. It's like it wow, but it happens a lot with us apparently. Did he clap at least at the end? I did on the second end credit. I did because that's what I was looking for. Yeah, but before we go that. Did you see one of the previews about the boogeyman? Yeah, I did. I, I, like, I've and who was in it? Before. And who was in it? Kurt from the Wombats. Wow, he put on. So, uh, he got a little bit thicker. And what did he? What did he say in, in Ant Man Two? Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Right. And who was Baba Yaga? The boogeyman in John Wick. So I just saw that. I was like, Speaking wow. Of which, did like you see the John circle. Wick trailer? Yes, with Scott Atkins playing the fat guy. That's all I'm going to say. I, and the John Wick trailer. <laughs> that was my, your takeaway. Scott no, Atkins playing yeah. the fat guy. If you know Scott but, Atkins, uh, that it is very funny, too. But not just that, but I'm sorry. Donnie Yen, this guy is so freaking charismatic. The way he moved that sword, and he's just like, dude, he's such a scene, a scene stealer. It's oh, insane. Yeah. But. Let's go back. Yeah, Jonathan Majors, again, stole the show, clearly. He's a force to be reckoned with. I would say now, he's uh, the strongest performance of the film. No doubt. You have some things here where, kind of cliche, but I guess it can't be, if you know, it can't be an Ant-Man movie without ants. Or a heist. True, but more of the ants, because it's called Ant-Man, yeah. right? Who, who's Linda? He referenced Linda. And I know, I recognize that in the comics, there's a Linda that... Ant-Man was involved with besides Janet. Oh, I don't I don't know. I, I was thinking of Costa, which was like a, a female version of Ultron. True. That he, that, made, that was, he made. Yeah. But that's that's a different person. If you're listening or watching this, please comment below. Or send who us is an Linda. Email. Now let's go to the end credits. So the end credits, there's two of them. And the Kang variants all gathered together and the ends where they're all 
in a pit, like a like a fighter's pit, looks like towards the end. The he the 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 main one. I like the Coliseum. I guess they're gonna have a fight off. No, it's it's like uh, I to me I interpret it as like it's like you're gonna have your main kangs like the like one of them mm-hmm. was clearly Amentut, the the pharaoh mm-hmm, version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other two I'm not familiar with. So like I imagine those are gonna be probably like the three main ones that they're probably gonna meet up in the middle, and then all is the that, other kangs that... are like the audience hearing them out. Okay, but do do those three represent the tribunal? The tribunal? Yeah, you mean some time masters or something like that? Well, yeah, because there's three of them. It, they possibly, possibly. And in Loki, we saw them. There was three of them. I, it, it could be like kind of like what uh, classically in the comics you have Kang, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's Immortus. Then mm-hmm. there's um, Kid Iron Man, who turned out to be young Kang, and he was like super teched out. There's Amon Tut. Like you're, you're different versions of Kang, basically. If I'm thinking about it now, what if it's like this, like the one that with the goatee beard, uh, like the, the beard style, he's like Immortus because Immortus had that weird beard look. Then we had, of course, Amon Tut, and then we had Kid Iron Man. I, I know he went by a different name. I can't remember his name. Right. Or Iron Lad or something like that. And, and that was him there, right? That was him. That could have been him. Because he didn't, he didn't have the scars. Right. And he has all he was all teched out. He all teched out, even going up to the skull. So mm-hmm. like that could have been them. Mm-hmm. Like those ver- the, that could have been their versions. And like what we were thinking was Immortus and Loki, which is just literally he who remains and not Immortus. Because there's just so many variants and versions of him that you really can't get rid of Kang. He just exists in one way or the other. I mean, they think that he died. They yeah. think he's dead. Of because of what happened, as we know from the end of season one of Loki, he is not. And then on the second end credit scene, we see that we're in like the the twenties or the frontier where Kang or Jonathan Majors, whoever you want to assume who it is, that he's talking. And then there's a quick shot of Loki and Owen Wilson's character. I can't remember his name right now, but Morbius, Mobius, not Morbius, Morbius. that. They're together talking. I was like, and that was when I cheered. When, when my questions were finally answered, I got excited. I cheered. I was like, yes. And I think Kim said, oh. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was like, everybody yeah, in the theater hello. clapped for that too. There was one guy I overheard that said, he's like, you know what? I, I, I didn't get it because I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't watch the first, I didn't watch the season, the first season. Oh my God. And I was hearing that as I was walking out and that some, some, I don't know if it was a friend or someone else that just goes, what the fuck? <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> it pretty much turned into that. <laughs> and I'm just laughing. But yeah, it's a low key, is no pun intended. It's a low key moment, but a good moment. If you're a fan of the low key show, just that little moment right there, huge payoff. Right. Oh, I am a fan too. What was a good moment for you? I, you asked me. Oh, that. That, uh, that was the end scene was the, that was the, the end credit, the end credit for you. Yeah. Like I said, I was waiting. I wanted to see connections. Like anything that actually referred to the Loki series got me excited. Yeah. That, that was pretty much it. You know, like I saw that and Kang was talking about when they all fought to find out who was the one, right. Trying to fight each other to kill and to be the superior one. And then, 
showing the time loop, all that stuff, and talking about the variance and the times, uh, time variance as well. That got me excited, and I was like, yes, yes. And then seeing the final end credit, that got me elated. I was like, awesome. So it was like a tie-in also in the sense of how a movie was reflecting or amping up for a show. Yes. They did that with Black Widow, and they did it here with uh, with Quantumania. And I'm excited for that because, I guess, uh, you and I, we both feel that Loki is the best MCU show as of still today. Now, scoring. As of now, of, as, I'm, as we're re- recording this, on Rotten Tomatoes, scoring is horrendous. 48% from the critics. 85% from the audience score. Now, for the critics, is 214 reviews. For the audience, is 250 and over. With IMDb, you have 6.6 out of 10 on a Metacritic is 50%. What about you? Where do you fall here? I think that was unfair. Those, uh, those, like, I, I would say, like, it's a B plus material. Like, I would give it 88, 89. Not, a, like, 84 is tolerable to me, too. For, uh, for, I can range in that group, but 48. 50 yeah. plus, you know, 50, 60s. I'm like, that's pretty, like, mm-hmm. of the almost 30 films, 30 plus uh, products in the series that they've done, that is not meriting a 50. We've seen stuff that merited a 50. Yeah, like Love and Thunder, The Dark World, Iron Man 2. You're Captain right. Marvel. Well, I kind of like Captain Marvel. Uh, and I know. I got this. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> that was all good. Yeah, but I'm more. Where were where were you? I'm more like seventy five to eighty. Okay, because again, out of the three Ant Man solo films, this was the weakest. Okay, it was very Marvel esque. We've seen it time and time before. Big battle scene. You know, we see that time and time again, and that's why I love the one and two because it's not no real big battle scene. It's not about colossal stuff that we've seen. Endlessly tired, you know, off, you know, over and over again. I think they're just doing more of a safe approach here, getting ready for the the Kang Dynasty or the Kang War, because he's supposed to be the big baddie on the Phase Four. I mean, this kicks off Phase Five without question. Like watching it, uh, like I'm definitely like Phase Five is coming on hard. Like it's it's a yes. better start than say if they were saying Doctor Strange was going to kick off. Phase five. No, nor love and thunder. It was like all oh, that was phase four. That was just like more like fillers of what's about to happen. It kind of felt that way. Now, Doctor Strange did mention the incursions, but the yeah. the logic of how the incursions occurs sounds better here than than how it does in Doctor Strange, and like it just overall. So yeah, it's a it's a definite more of a solid film. But I can see why you're saying like it's more formulaic. It does have a big climactic battle at the end. It is one of the cleaner climactic battles I've seen. Like Shang-Chi. 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 I keep wanting to say Shang-Chi. Um, <laughs> Your soul is mine. In that movie, like you have a big climactic battle and it feels blurred like in Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. way Where, too much going on way too much going on and long and, but here technically when you think about it 
in Ant-Man, there was way more going on. Literal armies clashing. And you can know your divide. You know, okay, this is the Rebels. This is this. This is the ones Mm -hmm. working for Kang. Granted, they're practically color-coordinated. When they are panning over to the characters, you get a clear divide of it. And then, of course, Ant-Man as a giant, Cassie as a giant, and then Mm -hmm. Kang witnessing everything until he decides to jump in. Mind you, also, he's throwing some punches like he was practicing for Creed early. My man. Oh, yes. He was. Oh, yeah. He was like. That makes me wonder. That makes me wonder then is like, if he is that technical and skilled, how much better were the other variants? No, that was the thing. They weren't that better because they couldn't kill him. So they, they actually like, they had to team together just to get him there. I'm not saying one-on-one, but I'm just saying like, or I guess that they needed teams again. So I guess he was more. I guess he was he was superior. But like it yeah, even so. says that in the comics, like Kang is not a conqueror just in name. He is a warrior and he's a fighter. And you can see that when he's just like, I don't need my suit. I'll just like beat the living daylights out of you with my bare hands. <laughs> well, he couldn't use his suit because it got malfunctioned. Well, the, the, a wall exploded in his face. So. Yeah. No, it wasn't the one well, that It was the ants. But then also, um, something did explode. No, that was him. That w- that was before the ants. No, but I'm talking about like in his chamber, whatever the the portal thing that exploded or something happened that kicked them back. That was the moment you're thinking of the moment where he's like, "I don't need to win. I just need uh, I just need us both to lose." Oh, that was that was Scott, right? Yeah. But and that scene was like also redundant to or a callback to. The first Ant-Man, where Darren or Yellow Jacket gets sucked into the quantum mania or quantum zone, where he did the same thing, where he gets sucked in deeper too, because already in a quantum zone. So how, where else could he go? Uh, I mean, that's what uh, Scott Lang did. He just shrunk down even further to get inside the device. Uh, right. No, I understand that, but I'm saying like you know how he got sorbed in in a way not not as violent as Yellow Jacket, but Still, he gets sucked in. So, again, he can travel even well, to other dimensions in there. Exactly. Because I was like, that was a, like, that's a way out for him. Because literally inside the device is a storm of probability. And inside of probability, right. is, it's like that's just variations of time and like mm-hmm. the laws of the multiverse. Of all the probabilities and variations, one of your variations is going to find a way out. And... I hope they do show that or answer that in Loki season two. Hey, maybe, yeah. But I was like, oh, he's not dead. There's no, oh, no. way that killed him. Well, we, it can't. It can't kill him because of what ending was for Loki season one. It can't kill him because we know that he's alive. Exactly. Loki takes place after this. It, well, yes. Time, time is like a yes. circle. It's like a circle. <laughs> Why not make it sound like Asian though? It's like oh. a circle. Oh, that's because you are doing you are doing it from the <laughs> my uh, the wedding, the uh, Adam Sandler film. Uh, Chuck and Larry. Uh, was it Chuck and Larry? Chuck and Larry. Chuck and Larry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I knew that reference was going to come in handy at one point because he's like, time is not linear. It's, it's it goes in the round, and I see I saw it all, and he draws a circle. Like my mind just went, time is like a circle. It goes around. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that sounds so familiar. All right, I think that's it. I think we covered as best as we can without going 
detail by detail. Anything else? I wanted more of the guy with the glowy head. <laughs> oh, he was an awesome character. He's like, torture him. Why does everything have to be for torture? What's wrong with you? <laughs> the, oh, how he died. That was a cool moment. Yes. Where Kang like absorbed it. And I was like, that was better than what that was better than what Shang Chi did with the rings. Because he like he took it. It was like it was like Avatar the Airbender where uh Zuku did the lightning. He Mm -hmm. just took it, redirected it, charged it with his own energy, and blasted Mm -hmm. it right back into his head. I was like, oh shit. All right, guys. That is it for us in our marvelous review of Ant Man the Wasp Quantumania. If you have a movie for us to review, please email us at Tales of Two Bros at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too.